My head was spinning and my heart was pounding as I scanned my dad's inbox. All these emails? All these years? I knew I would never be able to speak to my boyfriend again, and I would never, ever trust my dad. For many years, I thought my dad was an ordinary but admirable man. He raised me alone after my mother was gone. Over the years, dad became a very overprotective man. This meant that I was locked inside my house throughout most of my school life. I wasn't allowed to go out with friends, be late coming home from school, or attend any parties. When I was in sixth grade, I begged my dad to let me go on a school trip for a debate contest. I had worked so hard to perform at this competition, I cried for hours to get his permission. He was unmoved. He refused to let me out. As the years passed, I grew to silently hate him. I was getting sick of being a prisoner in my own home. One day, the head cheerleader at my school, Stella, asked me to come to an insane party she was having for her 16th birthday. The whole school was invited. I wanted to go so badly. Everyone was talking about this party. I rushed home to beg my dad for permission. My dad and I had a huge fight that night. He refused to let me go to the party. I decided I was going to sneak out the moment he fell asleep. When the time came, I rushed to the party on my bicycle. I paused before Stella's house. Everything was strangely silent. I entered her home, feeling rather nervous. I mean, why would a raging high school party be so quiet? When I entered the living room, I saw all my schoolmates standing inside. They were all quiet and exchanging glances with each other awkwardly. At the center of the uncomfortable crowd was my father. He was seated on Stella's couch, red with anger. He began to shout at me in front of everyone I knew. He'd known what I was up to the whole time. He laughed at me, amused by the idea that I could ever fool him. In front of every one of my peers, my dad humiliated me and grounded me for a whole month. People around me laughed. I grew purple with shame and my whole body began to shake. My dad demanded that I get in his car and go back home. I was simply too ashamed to do anything else but obey. The moment we reached home, I turned and looked him in the eye. I told him that he had broken our relationship tonight. I no longer wanted to speak to him. Days later, my crazy dad blocked Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all social media sites on our Wi-Fi. He wanted to isolate me from the outside world, but I was smarter. I downloaded this app. Using that, I was still able to use all these websites, and he had no clue. A few days passed, and I didn't say a word to him. I quietly headed to school, day after day, and when I came home, I went straight to my room to be alone. That was my life. Until the day everything changed. The day I met Ricky. Ricky was a new kid an orphan who'd been transferred to the school by the state. He was gorgeous, too, and he was the only person in school who hadn't seen the humiliating events of that night. To my delight, just when I was fantasizing about him, he asked me if I could help him find his class. I looked at his schedule and saw that we had a bunch of classes together. Ricky and I hit it off instantly. We began to sit together in class, meet for lunch, and walk home together from school. Ricky's company was delightful, and I couldn't help but crush on him. He was cool, funny, and clever. The day he finally asked me out on a date came quickly. I had been dreading and hoping for this day for months. When he asked me out, I burst into tears. All these weeks, I hadn't spoken one word to my dad. Now that Ricky had asked me out on a date, I knew I would have to break the silence. I would have to ask him for permission, and he most certainly wouldn't give it. Ricky seemed shocked and confused by my reaction. I didn't want him to see me like this, so I rushed out of the cafeteria. I walked home alone that day. The whole way there, I tried to think of some way to sneak out of the house for one date with Ricky. Some way that my watchful father wouldn't see through. I wanted this so bad that I was ready to try anything. My head was full of plans as I entered my house. But the minute I saw what was going on in my living room, my brain became blank. Ricky was in there, sitting on the couch with my dad. I couldn't speak. What was Ricky doing here? 
And why was he with my dad? Dad spoke up, saying that Ricky had come searching for me because I'd been acting strange at school today. He wanted to know if I was okay. In a whisper, I told Ricky I was fine. Much to my surprise, Ricky spoke then. Sir, I'd like to ask for your permission to take Annie out for a date. I stared at my dad with fear in my heart. From everything I knew about him, the idea of some guy moving on his only daughter would send him into a flaming rage. I was surprised again. My dad was completely calm and composed. Do you want to go out with Ricky? He asked me. Yes, I said. Dad said that even though he didn't like the idea of me dating, he knew he couldn't control my life forever. He gave us permission to go out. In that moment, all my anger at my dad that had built up over the years simply evaporated. My father had given me his trust. I couldn't be happier. Ricky and I began to date, and it went well for years. After high school, we got into the same college, which cemented our relationship. I started to have some doubts when I got an amazing fellowship in Paris right after college. Ricky wanted to get married, but I wanted to wait until after the fellowship. My life seemed wonderful until the day of the barbecue. My dad had invited us and a few friends to his place, where he was hosting a party in his backyard. During the barbecue, I went into his wine cellar to search for my favorite brandy. During that search, I noticed something odd about one of the walls. It couldn't move. When I pushed against the wall, it gave way to reveal a secret corridor. I was utterly shocked. I had lived in this house for 17 years and never knew this existed. I went down the strange corridor and it led me to a small, dark room. I turned on the flashlight on my phone to see where I was. The light fell on a picture of my face. At first, I thought I was mistaken, but it was me. I pulled at the picture, but it was stuck to the wall with a thumbtack. I moved back to shed more light on the wall and gasped. Stuck to the wall were the pictures of every person in my life. My co-workers, Ricky, my friends from college, the neighbors that came and went over the years. Red wool traced lines between me and everyone else with detailed notes about individual relationships and interactions written underneath the lines. I didn't understand. This had to be the work of a madman. Then I saw a laptop on the table. I clicked on a button and the screen lit up, showing several tabs of a web page named Location Tracker. When I saw the details of that page, I felt true horror. This was definitely a page that was tracking someone's location. Mine. A picture of me in a small circle flashed on a map, showing my position in my dad's house. Beside the map was a running log of all the locations I'd visited in the past month. The log stopped at my current location. My dad had clearly been spying on me, keeping tabs on me. Who else could have made this room in his house? Was everything a lie? All those years when I thought he had begun to trust me, was he simply hiding his true nature? I found a folder on the desktop that said log history. Inside it sat rows upon rows of folders. They went as far back as seven years ago, the year Ricky and I began to date. Was that when this obsession started? When I began to date and finally live my life? That was when I saw it. One of the open tabs was an email account. I refreshed the page and began to scroll through the people my dad had been emailing. When I saw the first name on the list, the blood dried in my veins. It was Ricky. My dad and Ricky were exchanging emails. The subject line of the first email read, setting the date. In that email, Ricky was explaining to my dad that I didn't want to get married before I finished my course in Paris. My dad urged him to convince me to get married quickly. He said that if he didn't do it soon, I might figure out the truth. And if I did, I would never be with Ricky. What was he talking about? What truth? Ricky had replied to him, saying that pushing me would do the opposite of helping. My dad instructed him to get me pregnant if that's what it took. He didn't want me to leave Ricky and go be with some random French man he couldn't work with. Work with? I immediately left the email thread and began to scroll through my dad's inbox. 
There were hundreds and hundreds of emails here, all sent by Ricky. He'd inform my dad of every single night, every little secret, every hope, dream, or desire I'd shared with him during our time together. Soon, I couldn't bear to open the emails anymore. I felt disgusted. Suddenly, a voice cracked from behind the door. Who's there? I froze. Ricky was right outside. He called out my dad's name, asking if he was the one who was inside. He clearly knew about this basement, and he knew that my dad came here sometimes. I said nothing as I waited for him to leave. Much to my horror, he didn't leave. He came down the passage and entered the room. It was small and there was nowhere to hide. He saw me the moment he entered. The second he looked in my eyes, he knew that I knew. Before I could even say a word to him, Ricky ran away from me. I ran out after him, but he was faster than me. He hurried out of the cellar and slammed the door shut. Then he turned the handle and I heard the twist of the lock. I stared at the door in fresh horror. Had he just locked me inside? I tried to open the door, but it didn't budge. Why had Ricky locked me in here? What was he going to do? I pulled out my phone and tried to call my only friend in law enforcement, Stacy. She had been one of my closest friends in college, and she was currently high up in the city police. I was scared for my life right now, and I needed her help. The reception was poor, and I couldn't make a phone call. I decided to call her online. Luckily, I still had that app. I called her on Facebook and told her where I was and that I was in danger. Just as she assured me that she would come right away, the cellar door swung open. My father stood at the door with Ricky. I put my phone away fearfully. My father demanded to know what I had found out. I know about your secret basement, I told him. I know you've been spying on me. I've been protecting you, Dad said. And you've been using Ricky's help? You forced my own boyfriend into this? I asked. My father tried to tell me I was overreacting, but I wasn't going to listen to his manipulative lies anymore. I'm going to the cops, I told him. I tried to get out of the basement, but Ricky pulled me back and stood before the closed door. What's the big deal about me talking to your dad? He asked me. You're not talking. You're violating my privacy. Your father is trying to protect you. You should be grateful to him. You make me sick. Don't say that, Ricky said. Just because I've kept this secret doesn't mean I don't love you. He moved to try and hug me, and I slapped him. You and I are finished, Ricky, I told him. I'm taking that fellowship in Paris, and I'm leaving. I tried to get to the door, but my father commanded me to stop. I turned around to see him standing with a gun in his hand. It was pointed at me. I stared at him in utter shock. Was this really happening? Was he threatening to shoot me? Get away from the door, he said. This is for your own good. You have no idea what will happen to you in a foreign country without me there to protect you. I'm doing all this for you, Anna. You can't keep me in here forever, I shouted at him. I will do whatever it takes to protect you, he barked back. I had never felt more fear in my heart. Just as I began to lose all hope, Stacy kicked down the cellar door with three other policemen by her side. Ricky jumped away as the cops poured in with their guns and tasers out. My father immediately dropped his weapon and backed away. Stacy rushed to me and pulled me into her protection. My father was charged with assault with a firearm, violation of privacy, and about 10 other crimes. To have his own sentence reduced, Ricky gave up all his information on my father. Apparently, Ricky hadn't been my father's informant just to help him out. No, Ricky had been hired by my father. My father had cooked up the plan seven years ago, after the disastrous high school party where he'd humiliated me, when I'd become cold to him afterward and we'd stop speaking. He decided that if he wanted to control my life and make sure I was safe, he would have to get creative about it. He couldn't simply lock me up at home. That would never work. He needed me to be around people he could trust inside and out, people he hired, and paid. Ricky had been living in an orphanage two states away before we met. He didn't just transfer to my city for no reason. He'd been given a full-time job by my dad to be my boyfriend. 
I pressed charges on both men with Stacy's help and support. She helped me remove the tracking chips that were hidden in my phone, under my shoe, and in the lining of my bags. She let me stay with her while I prepared to leave for my fellowship in Paris. The trial against my father and Ricky went on for five whole years. They both confessed to all the crimes they'd committed on advice of their legal counsel. I completed my course in Paris and came back to fight my case against both of them. I wanted justice for myself. Once upon a time, these men had been my whole life. Today, I threw them both in jail and I'm starting my life again, alone and free.